Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Everyone has at least one good story. And some of us have stories that are just to the left of normal. We're interested in the ones that push the boundaries of what we can perceive. Stories that defy explanations. Stories with an air of mystery. Stories we might not share. For fear of being thought of differently. But don't worry. We're all friends here. So... What's your weird story? Hello, Weirdsville. It's us back again, the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Me, Adam Beebe, your host with your other host, as always, my compadre, the uh, Rudolph to my Santa sleigh. I don't know. The Frosty to my snowman. No, the magic cap to my Frosty. <laughs> the uh, holiday uh, metaphor, insert here. Uh, Barry Johnston. Hello, Barry. Oh, it's a beautiful time of the year. I yeah, woke I'm... up. Oh, man. I woke up this morning. There's about three inches of snow on the ground. Wow. Yeah. Which here is kind of rare. We don't get yeah. a whole lot of snow. So it's mainly ice. Yeah, mainly ice. So it's nice, man. I'm enjoying a cup of coffee and uh, enjoying the snow a little bit. Going to make a stew a little bit later today and kind of enjoy the the weather, as it were. How are things with you, man? Pretty good, dude. Um, you know, I'm just uh, plugging away and getting all my holiday ducks in a row, sending out presents, you know, and cards yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, not traveling this year um, because of COVID, yeah. you know. Um I just don't want to, you know, take the chance of uh, bringing, you know, a uh, foreign disease or bug from where I'm at down to where my mom and my stepdad and my sister and her boys live. That's in North Carolina where I usually spend my holidays. But um, so, yeah, so we're just going to do I guess we're going to do Christmas over Skype this okay. year. But yeah, uh, but I do get to spend Christmas with my my cats, my girls this Great. year. They're looking forward to that. Good. Um good man yeah so you know i'm just uh kind of getting all that stuff sure in a row you know i think a lot of people are probably going to do that this year as far as stay at home kind of like thanksgiving you know kind of keep yeah. keep distance uh it's, yeah it's smart. smart yeah i mean that we're kind of in that in that time frame where we're still trying to the vaccine hasn't officially been released although they're trying to get it out there and uh yeah they're working on it it could be yeah. out by the time you know yeah the tuesday this comes out so right but yeah i mean you know i was going to say about the uh when you mail your presence like I've, I've been i've i've bought a few things that i'm noticing you know the uh the delivery services are backed up man like crazy yeah. and it's frustrating i get it you know and um hopefully at some point they can figure it out with i think all the COVID stuff and you know this because you you know this is part of what you do but um it just has magnified everyone's um ability to to buy purchase things on the internet and have them mm -hmm. delivered so it's it's just it's burdened these companies to get things delivered on time and uh, if you've ever worked in a facility that, that delivers packages like UPS or FedEx, or it's a nightmare. I don't know yeah. how they keep it straight. Man, it's, you know, it's logistics. It's just trying to find the most efficient way to do it. And, uh, they're, you know, I mean, 
they change things so rapidly. Right. You know, at least where where I'm delivering with. So, um, and sometimes it's not for the better. Sometimes it is, but you know. Right. But I mean, you know, and of course this happens every you know year around this time. You know. Right. With uh, any kind of uh, parcel package delivery system, whether it's like you know UPS or USPS or whatever. Right. So, right. Yeah. But, you know, hey, that's what it is. But, dude, I have – I forgot – I know I forgot to tell you this story. Okay. Um, and it's related to that. And it's it's kind of a funny story. And so, like, I was out um, delivering. I'm surprised I – like I said, I'm surprised I haven't told you the story. And I don't think – I held back and yeah. then I forgot. Right, right. But I was out delivering and it was uh, – in the, it was nighttime because, you know, I mean, it gets night at like 4.30 or whatever. And um, so – I was out kind of in the country area, and um, I was coming around this uh, – I had to turn off one road into another. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a – more of an angled um, – it wasn't like a 90-degree angle, but it was more like you know 45, so I had to go around kind of – and I'm slowing down. I'm going around this angle, and I see this thing okay. on the side of the road, and I thought I saw a ghost. Really? It was all in brown, and it looked like this old man, and it was standing, like, on the side of the road. And I was like, oh, God, oh, Jesus, or something. I yelled out as I was turning around, and then I saw him, like, react to me. Right. And I was like, oh, all right, probably not a ghost. But that was immediately <laughs> my first thought. Like, right. Man, I've been doing this for yeah. a, lot, a long time. That's my first thought. So, yeah. So then, like, I went and dropped off the package, and I was coming back around. I was like, all right. If it, if I see him again, yeah, he's real. He's real. If right. I don't, then I I saw an right. old man ghost all in brown because that was the thieves all in brown, not yeah. like UPS brown, but he's just brown coat and brown pants and like a brown shirt or whatever. Okay, and so like I was looking for him, you know, coming because I was coming up on the curve because like you know it's this this weird angle curve to get yeah. back on the road and everything, and it's, and it's like this is an off road, so it's like. You know, trees on all of it. So it's a creepy road. Yeah, all yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. beautiful at other times of the year, but now it's fall, it's night, and it's cold, it's creepy. Right. And so I'm, like, kind of going slow, and I'm trying to look for him, you know, on the same on the right side of the road. Um, but then all of a sudden, uh, boom, he pops up on the left side of the road. And I'm like, ah! And then he, it, I see him from the back, you know, his the back of his head, and he turns around, and he's like looking at me, and he's got like a little flashlight on his head, which he wasn't wearing before. Really? Yeah. So I what? noticed that he, the the flashlight on his head. Then I knew I was like, okay, that's that's not a ghost. That's a that's an old man who's <laughs> dangerously walking yeah. these country roads at night. Who decided at night at night? <laughs> who decided maybe I should put this flashlight on my? Oh head, so. man. You know, yeah, that so. that is, I have had that happen before where, like, it just happened the other night where I'm driving down the road. We have a crossing around here that is off of a, it's a, it's a bike trail, and it runs through, like, basically the majority of the town. Um, but there's these crossings that come across, like, the main roads, and uh, the other night I'm driving, and... I can't see because the guy who's crossing is in dark clothes. So warning to you guys that are out there running or jogging or walking at night, wear bright clothes. Wear something. Wear something reflective. Yeah, yes. you should know this by yes. now if you're an adult. A hundred percent. You should know this by now. Because I did not see this guy. 
He put the flashers on. Uh, you can put the flashers on the crosswalk to let people know that you're coming across. And thank God he sat there and waited because I saw out of the corner of my eye his leg as it was like coming in motion. And uh, I slammed my brakes on thinking that he's coming across, which I don't think he was. But still, he didn't have reflective clothes on. It scared the hell out of me, man. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Crazy, man. I didn't know that. Well, that's uh, that's wild. And, of yeah. course, you know, anybody out there that's driving at night, just be, be cautious of that kind of stuff, you know? Definitely so. All right. Well, hey, so uh, we got kind of a special this week. We got a special twofer. We got this regular episode for you guys, and we've got a bonus episode all on its own. So um, with our first episode here that you're listening to now, proper we have got a it's kind of a special episode um on its own we've got some write-ins and uh we've got a interview with our friend uh friend of the show uh and past guest brandon robbins and he is going to be discussing uh his novel is uh he's written a novel and it's his first novel and it's, it's being published and it will be out on december 20th um, you can order it. You'll be able to order it off of Amazon. It'll be, you know, you can get a Kindle version. You can get a printed version. Um, it sounds like it's a really cool story. And if you're into, uh, you know, the horror genre, um, well, you'll have to listen. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe if you're peaked, pick, pick a copy up of some sort. So. Absolutely. But first... We've got our write-ins, and we've got one that's a uh, short little update um, from our friend Ori. And then we've got Rudy, who uh, has a really cool story about his grandparents and parent and dad. So, yeah, so let's kick it off and uh, welcome our special correspondent, our resident Bigfoot expert, and the voice of the listener, Mr. Jeff Hubbard, to read these stories, because that's what he do. Jeff, thank you for being both Ori and Rudy today. What's your weird story? All right, so what we've got here is an update uh, from Ori, if you remember from uh, the episode, psst, 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 which is one of my favorites. Yeah. Um She's, uh, she uh, she wrote us a uh, little bit of an update here, and uh, we are, of course, our reader. Uh, Jeff is going gonna, is gonna to read it, so have at it, sir. All right, here, here we go, guys. Uh, and like, like Adam said, this is from Ori. So, okay, story time. The other morning, my son got into bed with me in the middle of the night. He often does this, and before the sun came up, he went to go play in his room, but he couldn't open the door, which is super weird because he opens his door all the time. There's no lock on it or anything. He had to open it to get in bed with me in the first place. He's turning the handle and trying to push it open, and he goes, Mommy, what's that sound? And I groggily respond, It's the door handle, baby. But he goes, No, hey, who is that talking in my room right now? Then, the other night, I go to clean out a cabinet in his room that I haven't touched since I moved in, so he can have more space. 
and I found both of my grandparents' ashes. This whole time, my poor son has been sleeping with them two feet from his head. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you remember her, she had some, some odd things that were happening in her house mm-hmm. when she came on. She was talking about things that were happening, and man, that's, and, and then nothing happened for a long time. Yeah. Right. So um, almost a year. Yeah. Uh, she what after shortly after she talked to us originally, she built a uh, kind of like a uh, like a shrine or a uh, kind of a, a day of the dead kind of you know yeah. mantle right uh, for you know to honor her family and everything. So she put one of those up, and um, and after that, everything had really cooled off. For a long time, she didn't notice anything for like like almost a year, and then this uh, incident, this thing happened, and so. But um, she said she took both of the ashes and put them over there on that on the shrine. Uh, okay. So and and since then, everything's been cool. Wow. So, oh wow. Interesting. But yeah. Dang yeah. man, that's freaky. Yeah, because all along, she's felt that it's been um, her grandparents. Um, and her great grandmother that were the spirits that were there. Right. Right. So, wow. Well, we, if there is, may have been more, but yeah. yeah. Wish, wish her the best. Hope, hope, yeah. hope that all turns out. <laughs> all right. Yeah. At least, at least they should be friendly spirits. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. She's always, she always felt like they were always, you know, friendly spirits. They weren't anything terrifying. So, right. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah, man. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's go ahead and let's cruise on to that the number the number two. Okay, did you send that to? I sent, you it sent to, that. Let, yeah, let me try. Okay, I looks like I got it here. Yeah, yeah, this is probably better. Okay, than than other one. It's not super long. This is from uh, Rudy. Hold on a second. I think it's pain, but I don't know. Just say Rudy. Um, okay. Or it it does say R U D V. It's Rudy. It's Rudy. Yeah. Okay. 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 Cool. I'll let you go ahead and do your thing, and then I'll do my thing. This is from Rudy. <laughs> I think that was a typo. Yeah. I th- I'm pretty sure okay. it's Rudy. Yeah. So okay. Rudy from from uh, Texas who uh, sent this to us via our Facebook page. Mr. Hubbard? Oh, okay. We're ready. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, this is is another one. We've got another write-in, and this is from uh, Rudy from Texas. This is a genuine, true story told for the very first time. On August 6th, that's actually my birthday. Uh, that This is me talking right now, not Rudy. Yeah, August yeah, yeah. 6th is my birthday. Nice, yeah. nice. So, on August 6th, 1980, my grandparents were traveling from Odessa, Texas to Mexico due to a family emergency. They took off at around 11 p.m. on the night of the 5th with their two kids, which is my dad, and my aunt. My grandpa, along with my grandma's uncle and brother, 
were riding in the front seat with my grandma, and the kids were in the back. Between 2.30 and 3 o'clock a.m., south of Marfa, Texas, is when they see something strange by the Chinati Peak Mountains. They seem they see what seemed to be a big fire on the ground against a mountain. My grandma asked if it could be illegals trying to stay warm. Her uncle said, I don't think so. It would catch the attention of law enforcement and eventually get them caught. My grandparents then say that the fire started forming and rising up to the top of the mountain. My grandma screamed, look, that's when they all realized what it was. Fear started to spread throughout the car as what they described to be a tremendously fast spinning disc mm. shaped as if a Frisbee was laid on its face mm. with another one on top of it, mm. Mm. also disc-shaped. Red and yellow fire-colored smoke, smoke was raging out of the bottom and from the top. They could feel the force from the disc. It then started to follow them from a distance along the mountains. It would abruptly stop when they stopped and accelerate when they did. At one time, the disc cross, crossed over into the street in front of them. My aunt says it looked big enough to fit a car into it. That's when they all got really scared and the kids started to cry along with my grandma as she began to pray out loud. They had heard about abductions happening at the time so they were aware of what could possibly happen. My grandpa, on the other hand, is the bravest man I know and wanted to catch their attention. He pulled off to the side of the road and got off the got out of the vehicle with a flashlight. He then tempted and called out for the disc to get closer while pointing the flashlight towards them, saying, come on, come on. My grandma got out of the car and took the flashlight and told him to get his ass back in the car and to <laughs> haul ass. <laughs> the disc then crossed back over towards the mountains. My grandpa said it moved like a rabbit jumping over weeds. They could see little windows and lights inside, but nobody or nothing controlling it. It made no sound, and they couldn't really see a color due to be a due to it being dark. Once my grandparents got back on the road, the disc was still following them at a distance. It would go up and down the sides of the mountains. Finally, it went behind one mountain and never came back out the other side. Approaching the ghost town of Shafter, Texas, is when the disc disappeared. My grandma, still in shock, asked her uncle if it could be witches, but he replied, you'd need a whole regiment of witches to make something like that. See, my grandma had to deal with a jealous witch back in Mexico when her and my grandpa first married, wow. but I'll save that for another story. Oh, wow. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Rudy, we're definitely going to have to hear that. Yeah. yeah, that does sound good. Wow. They said, they said only one truck passed them throughout the whole incident. It never stopped or slowed down. It just carried on. They weren't sure if the truck had seen it as well. I sent you the interview I did with my grandparents so you could hear it straight from them. They had heard about the Marfa lights, but in no comparison, but in 
but in no comparison, it was similar to what they had seen. Unfortunately, they have no proof. They did not have a camera at that certain time. My grandpa worked at a plant for the 43 years here, and he lived in Odessa and finally retired. He tells me that his co-workers would say he was lucky to have been able to see that. His co-workers would even try to go to the same spot at around the same time to try and catch it, but no one ever saw it again. My grandpa talks about an elderly man who worked at the plant who told him during World War II there was a base stationed in Marfa. The soldiers on the ground would see the lights and would think it was the Germans coming to attack. Mm, The ones on the ground could see it, but the pilots in the planes would report seeing nothing. My grandparents have no reason why, and I've known about this story since I was a kid. This is the first time telling it to anyone outside of our circle. It's a pleasure and a privilege to first present it to your podcast. My grandpa wishes he could see it again and asked if anyone with a similar story around the same area to please come forward. Wow. And he says, thanks and much love. Wow. That's what a story. Do we have a, do we have an idea of the year on this? Uh, 1980. Okay. Jeff's fourth birthday. So, yeah. Okay. That was my fourth, that was my fourth birthday. Wow, man. That's quite a story, man. Yeah. The visual I get from that thing uh, moving through the mountain area reminds me of um, the story that... um, um, Lonnie? Yes, that Lonnie, sorry. uh, Been a long day. That Lonnie had (laughs) when he was talking about how they would go over the trees and it was like they'd be going nice and smooth and then when they when they'd come over like a, a, a taller obstacle it would just kind of you know like hug it you know like mm-hmm. like it like like it was going along like a road or something and where it would just sort of yeah. go go right over it that's what it reminded me of and that is wow what a story that's wild i'd like yeah. to hear from that seemed- car the other car you know the truck yeah, that was there right? you know <laughs> yeah. And it seemed like it was a pretty long encounter, right. you know, and it followed them for right. a while. And that's what would be the freakiest thing to me, because obviously, you know, I mean, Grandpa got out because he was trying to, like, flag it down. Yeah. <laughs> right. Everybody else was, uh, you know, peeing in their pants, but Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Like, Man. Bring it in. Right. It's it's funny that, that uh, you know, as part of the story, they still say, Grandma said, Told told Grandpa to get his ass back yeah. in the car yeah. and haul ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a very. Uh, I could see uh, my grandmother doing that. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's wild, man. Well, it makes you wonder too, because they said they uh, had seen those sightings. There were rumors of those sightings that were happening too. Mm-hmm. Maybe which spurred him to say, "Fuck it, I'm going to see if I can't get these guys' attention." You know, because we heard so much about these types of stories. So, but it's interesting because it sounds like the light that was coming off of the thing was like very, 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 very bright enough mm-hmm. to make you think that the woods were on fire. That's, yeah, seems like that would be a very, you know, bright light. Wild. Yeah. And there's a history there. Of as as Rudy uh, as he mentioned is the Marfa lights. So there's a history there of right. these 
lights being seen uh, in the mountains in that area, and you know, ever saying that it's everything from UFOs to to ghosts to you know, I'm sure somebody says it's swamp gas, even though you know there's not a swamp there. But you know, right. trying to find some kind of you know yeah. explanation or dismiss it. But yeah, so that wow. I mean. Those are that's a an area that is known for strange occurrences of this kind of this nature. So. Yeah, definitely. You know, n- now that you mention it, uh, it does seem like I have heard of the Marfa lights before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't even think about it while I was reading it, but yeah, I do think I've heard of the Marfa lights. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Great story. Yeah. Thank you, Rudy. For writing yeah, man. in, man, we appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, and now we want to hear uh, the uh, grandma and the witch. Yeah, we want to hear that story yeah, too. Definitely. <laughs> the more the yeah. merrier. Yep. Right. I wonder if that story is about like a broomstick witch or just a bitch. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm honest. Uh, yeah. It's probably it's a bruja. It's probably actual witch. Yeah. Uh, you know, because like uh, there's, you know, st- still that's practiced. Is uh, there's a lot of like, you know, like Santeria and um, Palumbo or whatever the other one is. Um, there's another. There's these kind of um, witchcraft. I mean, you know, that's one term for it. But there's religions right. that were come from the Caribbean and by way of, in Africa. You know, in, with in their origins, but blending a lot of you know also Catholicism in, in with it. Yep. And those are big practices all over um, the Caribbean and uh, the uh, Central Americas, right. and probably maybe even down in the Southern America. And of course, not exclusively. I'm sure there are places uh, here where there are populations that have a lot of like uh, from people from the Caribbean and and such. But yeah. Um, I was going to ask, you know, uh, with with Ori's story, you know, the um, the shrines that they do. Mm-hmm. Do you know what where that stems from? It's that, from the Day of the Dead. But where does that come from? Um, it is a it's from Mexico, I believe. Right. Um, and that's what I know of it. Um, and I'm certainly not a scholar, but I know that th- it is something that they celebrate in Mexico, and it's a day of kind of like honoring the dead right. and uh, your family that have passed on. And, you know, it's just, um, you know, Dia de los Mortes. That's the my horrible pronunciation of it. But, uh, you know, you see the sugar skulls. You yeah. see a lot of those in the art where yeah. you have the skull. And the, right. that, that, that comes from that uh practice sure um so but it's you know i know that they have like parties and they have parades right. and they have like floats and people dressed up as skeletons and spooky stuff so it's in a way it's similar to like what we do for halloween but right. closer to probably what they would more originally have done it, um that, yeah it's pretty it's weird. isn't it interesting though like how we when I think of South America or Mexico, I think of these other countries and even our country. It's like we have our religious beliefs, right? And our religious sort of way of going about things. 
but then we make exceptions for these other things and they sort of coexist. You know what I'm saying? Because like, you know, Mexico is largely a, a Catholic, mm-hmm. you know, uh, country. I mean, as, as well as the most of the world, but it's just interesting that those two things exist together, you know? Um, yeah. It's fascinating. Well, I mean, really, the history of Christianity is um, a lot of adapting to right. local customs yep. to bring in, as it grew, from you know a small Jewish sect to the worldwide thing that it is now. It would go in and it would like settle in places and like it would set up shop in former you know temples of other you know religions and, and such. Um, and take in holidays and traditions for holidays and make those to go with right. uh, the, their holidays. Right. So like, you know, so like stuff like the Christmas tree and the Yule log right. and, um, even April fools, which is not necessarily a, uh, Christian holiday, but that was a, um, I believe, I believe it was the Celts or, uh, some kind of the a pagan, um, English yeah. group that had celebrated uh, April 1st as the new year. Right. And so, the, but the Christian in the area would always, would laugh at them and say they were April fools because the new year was on January 1st, according right. to their calendar. Right. So that's where that comes from. Um, I don't know where the pranking bit comes from, but you know, that's, that's a, a probably they started pranking those people because they believed that. But, you know, I mean, there's the whole celebrating the you know the past the dead the past family members um, in other cultures it's a bigger more normalized part right. of what they do you know like especially like in like Asian culture you know where and like in the in, in the Chinese and the Japanese with the, they have these kind of uh, you know for lack of a better word worship or honor for their ancestors. Right. And they honor their memories and the, the, and all of that stuff. Whereas, I mean, in Western culture, at least in ours, especially in the United States, we just kind of, you know, we bury people, we, you know, and then we just kind of like leave it at that. Right. You know, we'll right. go and put some flowers on the grave right. once or twice a year, maybe. Right. And, uh, you know, then we'll just move on and leave right. it. You right. Know? And that's, yeah. you know. Yeah, so. dress up in sexy costumes and hand out cat candy to children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we turned it into a sex machine uh, right. holiday party. Thank God for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's one thing I can get behind with the, with that uh, idea. Yeah. Uh, have you guys seen Coco, the Disney movie Coco? Not yet. Huh. Yeah, it man. It, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great yeah, movie. Yeah, you know yeah. that's all about the the Day of the Dead. That's and right. It's a it's a beautiful movie, and uh, it really is a shame that that uh, we don't celebrate our dead ancestors. Like, I mean, you know, I if if they are looking down on us uh, from heaven, and and they could see you do that, I think, you know, it would really, I mean, they would totally appreciate it. And, yeah. and you know, I, I guess that's why they do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but, yeah. yeah. And that's maybe maybe something that, uh, for whatever reason, we 
we don't like to think about here too much, you know. I get it, but uh, it's just interesting how that we make exceptions for certain things. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it just it's it's humans are and the and our story is so complex and and interesting in that way, and I think it's important to keep those ideas around, you know, because it gives you. Especially something like that, where you're celebrating someone's life, uh, it gives you perspective. I think. Yeah. You know what I mean. That is true. It's 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 really true. For so much of our childhood, I think uh, it was looked down upon to to do those types of things because it was looked at as being you know as evil or something that we didn't understand. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Or against the church or against God and stuff like that. But, and I think you know that possibly is. Part of the why um, we uh, have kind of moved away from 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 the uh, celebration of the of our ancestors and stuff like that, because you know, because it could have been interpreted as um, you know some kind of like deism kind of a thing, where right. you, you know. Um, but you know, I mean, there there were people that. You know, you wouldn't be here with they without them. So they, you know, celebrate them if you like, if you wish, if that's what you know you feel is right to do. You know, if you're and if it's part of your your broader culture and you embrace that, then um, then yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's really cool. You know, um, but uh, you know, and like like I said, a lot of what is our part of our western culture is just stuff that has been especially american culture stuff that has been absorbed over time right and you know we kind of like things come and go you know like there was a time whenever people would go and have picnics in cemeteries right and that wasn't terribly long ago yeah you know that was like 1800s you know um but then you know people just now all of a sudden cemeteries became like places you don't want to Right. Go, you know, and if you do go and hang out, enjoy hanging out at a cemetery, you're creepy. Or right. Sacrilegious. Yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's interesting. Hey, everybody. This is Dave Schrader from the Holzer Files on Travel Channel. You're listening to What's Your Weird Story? Hey man, did I ever tell you about this recent thing that happened to me? I was driving around in the country and it was just after dusk. So there's a little bit of light still coming on out of the sky, but it was mostly dark. I saw this black school bus. I don't think I've ever heard this. Okay, so I saw this black school bus. All the windows were tinted and it started following me for about 15 minutes. Whoa, no. Yeah. What what did you do? I was at work. I was making deliveries and i just kept making my deliveries and like it would even stop and wait for me and (laughs) but it was never close enough to where i could see it or anything but it was following me man wow dang that's just an example of another really weird story that happened to me and that could have happened to you you don't have to have a ufo encounter you don't have to have seen the ghost of your grandmother you don't have to know what bigfoot smells like to have had a weird story 
Basically, what we're saying is Weird covers a lot of ground here on the What's Your Weird Story podcast. And we love hearing all of your stories, whether they're spooky, they're funny, they're bizarre, or they're just short, sweet, and unexplained. Kind of like our podcast. Awesome. Great stuff. Great stories. Uh, Thank you for sending those in, Ori and Rudy. And uh, thank you, Jeff, as always, for being the voice of the listeners and reading those stories so, so well, so dramatically, so impactfully makes you feel like you were there, I guess, kind of. Yeah. Is that how you feel like you were there, Bear? Uh, I did. I did. He he does a a great job every time. Mm-hmm, Whis- mm-hmm. whispering in my ear yes yes it just gives me goose pimples <laughs> so anyway um yeah hey if you enjoyed that story from rudy um stick around for it because in a few weeks we actually are going to be talking to rudy on the show and he's going to be um sharing um that story in a little bit more of a detail and also some more of his um stories from his family and that's going to be really cool so that'll be coming up in 2021 yeah wow almost there i can't believe it i can't believe it i mean this year as shitty as it's been i can't wait for it to be over but it it it, it did kind of i guess move at a rapid pace i guess which is well you know you say that now but you know if you go back and you remember that march was like three years long that's true you know, and then yeah. um, it was slow, slow, slow. Spring was moved at a glacier's pace, but yeah. it really finally picked up back in the summer. And then, yeah. like, we really were able to tear through the, uh, the fall and now moving into winter pretty quickly, it seems. Yeah. But I think we're just distracted by so much yeah. going on. Yeah. So, yeah, and there's so, so much going on. And speaking of that, all that so much going on, we'll be having a end of the year weird news roundup um that'll be the last episode of the year and we're gonna be talking there's so much weird news this year yeah man like Um, crazy just all over the map weird yeah yeah and not even including uh the global pandemic not even right yeah that's not even yeah we're not even talking about that yeah or you know anything really overly political or anything like we're talking about weird stories that have popped up yeah um so you've got that to look forward to as well but speaking of stories, let's move into the next section of the show cool. uh, where we speak to Mr. Brandon Robbins. All right. And now we have a uh, return guest who has not, uh, he's, hasn't been with us in a while, but uh, it's always a pleasure to have him back. And he is here to talk about his very first published novel we were talking we talked about this way back when um he was on our was it our halloween show that you were talking about that from last year uh not last year i think the year before i think the well, first y'all were doing the podcast wow it's been a well no i know that you were you well it's been a while but hey That's Brandon, right. I, I did do the halloween show last year yeah i yeah. remember now. yeah you had me back for that All right. So anyway, that voice belongs to our friend, Brandon Robbins. And Brandon uh, has a book, his very first novel, coming out December 20th. So if you are – so listen up and uh, support our friends. Check this out. He's going to tell us a little bit about it and, uh, you know, what you can do to get your – 
your grubby little hands. I'm sorry, you shouldn't. You maybe you don't have grubby hands. Nobody should have grubby hands now in time of Corona. But uh, your your well manicured and well groomed and clean hands, cleaned with soap and water and uh, all sorts of alcohol based hand rubbing stuff. Um, so yeah, this is where you can go. Um, not, well, he'll tell you where to go. He'll tell you where to go to find his book. So thank you for joining us, Brandon. What's your publication story? What's your, just, I don't know. Tell us what you got. Um, thank you. Um, the title of the book is Mr. Haunt. Mr. Haunt. Mr. Haunt, as in haunted house. Because if it was Mr. Hot. Yeah, not and Mr. I know that it would have been about Mr. Hot, and I'm like, no, it's not a porno. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, why did you ask me for all those stories? Uh, that's the second novel. Okay. <laughs> novel. <laughs> uh, that's the follow-up. <laughs> um, Mr. Haunt is uh, about a uh, young man. Um, it follows his life both as he was a child and a teenager. And uh, later on in his adult years, after he's found success as a writer, and um, basically as starting as a young boy, he starts seeing this um, demonic entity um, who calls himself Mr. Haunt. And Mr. Haunt terrorizes him. He, you know, says horrible things to him about, you know, what he's going to do to his family, um, about, you know, causing him bodily harm, um, frightful things to him, shows up in the middle of the night, creeping out of his um, closet like the boogeyman and everything. And, of course, everyone thinks that it's just in his head, um, that, you know, he's anxious, he's depressed, and he's seeing this thing and it's tormenting him. Um, he goes, you know, through therapy. Um I uh, you know, don't want to give too much away because, of course, I want people to read it, but he goes through some serious trauma um, in his um, life. And then he goes several years without seeing Mr. Haunt, but then something happens in his adult life and Mr. Haunt comes back. And um, that part of the story is him struggling with the reappearance of this thing that he's been seeing and you know, dealing with it and trying to make it go away again. Nice. So it, it's it's very much so a horror story, mm -hmm. um, even though it touches on themes like anxiety and depression, and you know how it can really mess with your head. Um, you know, Mister Haunt does exist. He's not a figment of the, um, and you can tell by reading the book. So I don't think I'm giving too much away. Yeah, um, it's not a figment of the character's imagination. He is real. And, you know, that's how I wanted to frame it, um, even though it can be seen as a study of how having a mental illness can really mess with you. Nice. Nice. Now, what, what was your inspiration to, uh, to go down that lane with this story? Um, even though the book isn't autobiographical, um, this guy has a much more messed up life than I have ever had. Um, you know, with abusive uh, parents, and he goes through drug addiction, and you know all that kind of stuff. Still, a lot of my own experiences would have an anxiety and depression, and knowing that it can create monsters in your head that you sure. either see or don't see. 
Um, and also, too, um, it's just an idea that I, ha- that I had had floating around in my head for years about, you know, this man being tormented by a thing that no one else can see. Right. And I know that's a common trope in horror literature. You know, I'm not the first to do it. I won't be the last. But it's something that I wanted to experiment with and play around with. Sure. That's great, man. You know, I, I think I think when it comes to art, um, uh, it's hard for um, the person that is creating it to not have something in in that that is reflects them. You know, so I'm always curious to find out kind of what that what that process is like. Now, when you when you got started writing this, what how long of a process was that? How long did it take you to put it together? Um, I actually started, well, I'd made several false starts throughout the years on it, but, um, for National Novel Writing Month, which for those of you who don't know, is this, um, it's, it's an organization that promotes it called National Novel Writing Month. But, um, the idea is that each year in the month of November, people sign up to participate in it. And for the month of November, they write a 50,000-word manuscript for a novel. Wow. Um, so, of course, you know, you're at your laptop, computer, keyboard, notebook, whatever you're using, pounding out words tirelessly for the entire month of November. But the idea is to get people to commit to doing something creative and to get their butt in the seat and get them actually working on it instead of dreaming about it. Yeah. Um. I finally decided to buckle down, put the pressure on myself, and write Mr. Haunt for National Novel Writing Month one year. So, 30 days and a responsible amount of energy drinks later. (laughs) Wow. That's I also I know what you consider responsible for uh, <laughs> energy drinks. I don't know how well wow. you know how that gauges with most other people, but uh, I suppose if you're a uh, if you you know are, own a video game chair, then uh, that's probably along that lines. If you have a dual screen setup, then uh, you probably have uh, you consume more than what would be a uh, reasonable amount of. Uh, 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 not not guano, but was it guara, guaro, whatever guaro. that is. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, yeah, the energy drink stuff. So guarana, vitamin B twelve, caffeine, and taurine. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Unholy quadrinity, quadrology. <laughs> that's a write a horror story about that. That's an I, that's an impressive uh, amount of writing in, in my mind. I can't even imagine um, trying to do that. So that that's. That's pretty. That's pretty impressive, man. Pretty impressive. Is a lot of that like stream of consciousness kind of writing type stuff? You just like pounding away. I guess stream of consciousness would be a good um, descriptor for it, because definitely almost every day I sat down, not really knowing what I was going to write that day, and I just would pick something, you know, pick an event in this guy's life. Um, he's called Clyde is his name. Pick an event in Clyde's life or something that happened to me and remix it, make it worse, you know, so it would be more impactful. Um, an experience that I know other people have gone through and just touch off of that. 
Sure. And I would introduce that, and then I would follow through with the repercussions of it. And basically, that's how each chapter is structured. Something happens, Clyde reacts to it. Right. Um, you know, his friends and family react to him reacting to it. And I would just keep building on that. But, you know, this planning took maybe five or ten minutes. What I would do to get into the mood um, writing each day is I would spend a good 20 or 30 minutes. And, you know, this sounds ridiculous, but it actually kind of works once you read the book, I think. Looking at music videos from the 90s. Okay. Okay. You know, like, like Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails and all the crap that we weren't supposed to look at because our parents thought it would turn us into Satan worshippers. Right, right. And, you know, just those artists and the tone and the look of their you know, music videos and mm-hmm. artistry in that kind of got me into that headspace of writing something horrific. I'm fascinated by, by writers because it's like, where does that inspiration come from? Where, you know, do they do they draw from their own lives? Are they drawing from other media, you know, outlets, um, you know, artistic outlets? Um, so it's cool that you talked about that. And I think that uh, people can relate. I can certainly relate because when I was a kid, I was drawn to super heavy, dark music, you know, because it was such the antithesis of our lives. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know? Um, which, which was the draw. And so, um, you know, I could see, I could see the, the parallels there. So that's really cool, man. Um, do you have other publications, man, or, or anything else out there that people can read? Um, yes, I have a few, um, short stories, um, that, uh, that are available on various websites. Okay. Um, a couple of poems that were published in a anthology that unfortunately is no longer available for purchase. I think the publisher ran into some issues okay. with Amazon or whatever, but yeah, um, porn will do that sometimes, you know, if you would, you know, you're writing porn stuff. So, Oh, you said poems. Poems. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> I've known Brandon a long time, so it really could go either way. So, you know. <laughs> Speaking of weirdness and, and, and inspiration, what are some of your kind of uh, literary inspirations or, you know, creative inspirations? Your, you know, the forefathers, some that, you know, help you, that inspire you, you know, because that's well, what inspiration You know that, uh, you know that Neil Gaiman has been my favorite writer for a very long time. I discovered him in college. Um, I finally, um, I was way too young to read Sandman when it first came out in the 90s. But I started reading the, the trades, the graphic novels when I was in college. And just, you know, went through those at an alarming speed. Mm-hmm. You know, completely devoured them. Yeah. And have read, you know, most of um, his uh, prose stuff as well. Um I haven't read a whole lot of Stephen King, uh, even though I was an avid reader when I was a kid. You know, remember I came from a fairly conservative household, so a lot of his stuff was just you know a lot of the a lot of stuff I got into later in life, a lot of the horror and a lot of the fantasy and dark fantasy was just kind of out of my grasp. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but um, what I have read of Stephen King, I do like a lot of his ideas. I can definitely see how. Um, the character of Mr. Haunt is similar to Pennywise. Okay. You know, and how he operates and how he kind of, you know, moves in and out mm-hmm. of, you know, 
reality and you know definitely the the, the taunting and the um vileness of the taunts and everything it's really hard for me to nail down exactly who i would say inspires me because you know when you create art whether it's writing or painting or music or whatever i mean you don't always see your influences go through that's true i'm sure people would read a book by any author and they'd be able to nail down 10 different influences that author may or may not have even ever read or they may have read right one short story bomb or one book bomb. Sure. Yeah. But I can definitely in, um, in having written it and having edited and edited it and having, you know, gone through and revised it again after my wife gave it a read through who, you know, she was my primary editor on the book. She's done professional editing before, um, which saved me a whole lot of money. Um, no kidding. Um, but, um, yeah, I can definitely say that uh, those two were, were definite, um, were definite inspirations. Um, music was a, um, you know, I already said that I you know, would look at music videos to get into the mood for writing. Mm-hmm. Um, Clyde is a big music person, even though he's a writer and his background is in writing. Um, he still loves music, um, mm-hmm. takes a date to a heavy metal show. Um, has a friend that's in a band and everything. Nice. So nice. the music that I've listened to, you know, ever since I was a young adult up until now and that I would listen to to get into the headspace for the book was a definite influence as well. Cool. Cool. That's awesome. great. That's great. All right. Man. So this comes out December 20 of yes. this year, 2020. And, yeah. uh, and that's in, is that physical <clears throat> Uh, printed books, or is it uh, digital, like ebook, or uh, how do how do we how do the friends how do our Weirdville friends get a hold of this? Um, it will be available in both Kindle and and paperback. Um, pre-orders for the Kindle are available now on Amazon, and I'll send you guys the link because you can't just go on Amazon and search for it. The publisher has set up a very specific link you have to go through. Okay, so I will send that to y'all, but um. Pre-orders for the Kindle are up now for only $1.99, so not a heavy investment. Great. Um, and then the paperback will be available on December 20th. So if you want a physical copy, you do have to wait. But if you've got a Kindle and, you know, you can go ahead and pre-order it, it'll be available for you to download on release day. Get them both. Get them yeah. both. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Please. That's one thing so, about reading, man. I like a physical book. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I still haven't made the transition over to now. I'll listen to audible books also, but I like having a physical book in my hand. You know, it's just something about that. It's the you know, yeah. You know, and you know. aside from supporting me, from supporting the writer, doing so supports the publisher. You know, it's yeah. a small publisher out of Florida. Sure, they don't have a whole lot of money to work with. Every sale counts for them. It's not like you're buying from Penguin or Random House where one book is, you know, couch change to them. Sure. You know, that that $1.99 you spend on the Kindle ebook, you know, will help them pay the bills. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's like like the indie, the small indie label, you know? Yeah. Very, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Support those small businesses, especially, you know, this year because you've had so many 
of the little guys have, you know, folded. Yeah. And, and, you know, because they just aren't able to, you know, I mean, they're not able to produce, they're not able to get stuff out because of restrictions and just everything, you know, being crazy. So, you know, do be there, be out there and support our friend and fellow weird villain, Brandon. And, um, you know, have a you know it's a good for the holidays you know get some give some creepy creepy vibes in creepy yeah, stories yeah. for your you know to your everybody cuz you know, look it uh it's something we all like obviously you're listening to this podcast you probably enjoyed the weird creepy kind of stuff you know so this right. will be right up your 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 lane and something that we discovered too is that uh you know christmas time is a big um horror um or scary storytelling time mm-hmm. has been in the past. Like that was part yeah. of the tradition. So makes this, this all sort of works together. Exactly. I was actually reading an article on aisle nine uh, a few weeks back and they did a breakdown of holiday themed horror films. Uh-huh. And there have been more Christmas horror films than Halloween horror films. Wow. Right. Wow. Wow. One of, one of the first recognized uh, in the genre of slasher films was uh, a Christmas-themed um, horror film. I think it. I don't know if it was Silent Night, Deadly Night, or That's something right. like that. That's right, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Black Christmas. Black well, Christmas. Yeah, Black it was Christmas, one of those. One both of those. of those are early in the genre. I remember yeah. watching uh, both of those. Yeah. 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 Great stuff, man. That's awesome, it, man. It it works. It does in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's again, it's, it's the antithesis of what that time is. You know, you're not expecting horror at the time of like, you know, Santa Claus and Jesus, you know, (laughs) you might be expecting horror depending on how your, your family dynamic. That's true. That's um, true. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's in in a lot of, um, you know, commentary about that because it's kind of been a thing in the past couple of years amongst a lot of bloggers and pop cultural commentators to kind of, um, um, you know, analyze, you know, the, this fact that, you know, Christmas is a time for scary stories and ghost stories and everything. When, when you think about it, Halloween is, you know, a great time of year, but, you know, it's, it's early fall. Right. You know, it's still light outside. Temperatures are still, you know, in the, you know, for, for most of the country are still kind of comfortable. Yeah. But when you get to Christmas, it's dark. The yeah. days are short. It's That's cold right. outside. The trees are dead. There's no leaves on them. It's a very spooky time of year. Yes. So, That's you know, it's only natural that, you know, our mind kind of drifts to, you know, the scary and the supernatural during that time. Of year. Right. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you, man, for coming on and, uh, you know, promoting the book and, and we, we wish you nothing but the best. And again, you know, people need to go out there and support this and buy them both, man, get the Kindle version, get the, uh, the paperback version. Uh, if, if, uh, any other versions come out get those too. Hey, 
Hey, that's a nice t-shirt you got on there. Oh, thanks, dude. It's brand new. Do you like that? It's one of the official What's Your Weird Story t-shirts. Where'd you get that? It's funny that you ask. I just got it off the brand new Spreadshirt.com site for the What's Your Weird Story podcast. There's no www. You just go straight to shop.spreadshirt.com backslash what's without the apostrophe W-H-A-T-S hyphen Y-E-R dash W-E-I-R-D dash S-T-O-R-Y and that'll take you right there. I mean, you can never own enough clothing. Well, that's true, Barry. There's t-shirts for the ladies because, you know, they're cut differently. There's hoodies, which are really cool. There's two different kinds of hoodies and there's also tote bags so you can tote your stuff. That's so cool, man. So if you guys go out to spreadshirt.com what's your weird story? Currently, there are two designs, but there will be more going up very soon. So just keep your eyes out for that. And if you decide to get one of our shirts, tag yourself on Instagram to ours or Facebook. Show your love. Show us what you got. Let's see your true colors. Well, thanks again, guys, for uh, for checking in with us. And uh, again, if, if you're interested, we'd love to have you guys come on the podcast, share your stories with us. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and if you're looking to promote something and you got a story that you want to tell, we'd love to have you on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can you can write it in like uh, our guest from the first portion of the show. We love having those written in stories, you know, and of course, our good friend and special correspondent, resident Bigfoot and voice of the listener, Jeff Hubbard, loves to read those stories. Um, you could even call it in if you want to, you know, if you want to use, tell it in your own voice, but don't necessarily want to talk to us. We're fun guys, but you know, Hey, some people are, you know, they don't want to talk to us. So you could call the hotline, uh, which is five, one, three, nine, zero, nine, nine, eight, two, one. That's five, one, three, nine, oh, nine, nine, eight, two, one. I love that voice, man. <laughs> <laughs> Call the hotline and leave a message up to three minutes per time. Leave as many messages as you like. We would love to hear your stories. Yeah, we'll string them. Uh, we'll string them together. Yeah, yeah, we'll put it together, and um, you know, we'll, and that'll be cool too. You know, I mean, but you know, your stories are what drives this and uh, what drive us to continue doing this and and stuff. And you know, um, we had talked. You know, from from the beginning of twenty twenty, we've been talking about. Uh, doing um, some expanding and doing stuff behind the scenes and, and making changes and doing stuff. And it's taken us a while, uh, but we are finally kind of getting that into motion. Um, I mean, we've taken baby steps a few times, but now we've got a map, you know, to, and we're going on that. So yeah. expect more things from us next year. Um, and that'll be fun. You know, we hope we'll be finally be able to get our, uh, music podcast spin jammerama up and going you know and of course we'll continue with what your weird story and all of that so you know give us your stories give us your ears to listen to join us be part of the community and you know it's it's fun we love you guys we can't thank you enough for sharing your experiences and for listening to us uh every week and for telling other people and subscribing and all of that stuff, being so supportive, you guys are amazing, yeah. um, really. And, you know, hardcore fans. And we've grown internationally. We've got a lot of international listeners. We'd love to hear from you guys as well. What's your weird email? 
uh, at gmail.com and, um, you know, or contact us through the social media, Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebook page. Um, be in touch, and uh, we will see you next week for our Christmas special. Wow, yeah, that's great. This is fun. This is a lot of fun. You guys are going to enjoy it. Yeah, and it's going to be something different, but uh, it will be, uh, as usual, uh, Barry and myself. And uh, again, we'll have our special correspondent, resident Bigfoot expert and voice of the listener, Mr. Jeff Hubbard, joining us. And we've got a special present for you guys. Yeah, good good stories. Good stories. Yes. So, And it's not necessarily, you know, Christmas theme per se but you know that's what we hear in the uh and you know that's what we celebrate you know the the christmas holiday as it were probably more the pop cultural side of it here in north america but we've got a present for you and it's coming next week for your ear holes so in the meantime make sure you've done all you can to get off that naughty list and um you can also you can you know if there's any good stories on that not that go through what you got you on that naughty list you can call in and leave us information about that we'll uh maybe we will set up a super secret that's wink, right wink, yeah anonymous uh, podcast anonymous <laughs> podcast show um actually i kind of like that idea yeah that could be fun yeah um so yeah, maybe we'll have a confessions podcast show or something <laughs> yeah. added be, to our rabbit That's a great idea. That's a that great would, idea. That would be really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, think about that. But in the meantime, be safe. Be weird. As always, if you have a weird story, we want to hear it. If you have a lot of them, we want to hear them all. We can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions. Whether it's sharing your stories, listening, rating, and spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Till next time, be safe. Be weird. The stories presented on the What's Your Weird Story podcast are, to our knowledge, true experiences that our guests have had. We can't take the time to research all claims made, and besides, it's just not as fun.